1: Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures, protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories, about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. Brought to you, in part by International Wildlife Crime Stoppers, New Hampshire Wildlife Heritage Foundation, and Maine Operation Game Thief. Warden's Watch, Episode 108. And we're in Michigan, and we're sitting down with Captain Jen Wolf and Katie Jarvis, who is the communications representative for the Michigan Department of Natural Resources and Law Enforcement Division. So she's the person that... And you'll find out through the podcast that uh, helps uh, promote the Division of of Law Enforcement for Michigan and works with the game wardens throughout that division uh, on press releases, social media, and and all kinds of other things, as you will hear throughout this podcast. We're going to do a little series on Michigan DNR, the game wardens up there. I had a very great opportunity. It was my honor to give some training to the Michigan game wardens in their in-service training, which hasn't happened before COVID. They had uh, this training planned and then COVID happened and they haven't had this training since COVID. So it was a it was a great opportunity for all of them to get together. You could tell a lot of them haven't seen each other in a long time. So it was a it was a really cool experience for me to be in Michigan and provide some training. And some of the training that I provided was critical incident training. I was Captain Jen Wolf and I have been uh good friends through International Wildlife Crime Stoppers. Jen is one of our directors for the Midwest for International Wildlife Crime Stoppers. And we came on and we figured out we've known each other for about eight years and worked together in International Wildlife Crime Stoppers for about that same amount of time. And she saw my presentation in 2017 when I hosted the International Wildlife Crime Stoppers Conference here in New Hampshire. And I did a presentation on my shooting and she asked me to come out and speak to the game wardens in Michigan regarding my shooting incident. And I kind of expanded on this. I titled it Surviving a Career of Critical Incidents. So I just didn't focus on me. I focused on some other incidents as well. And I talked about a lot about peer counseling, which is basically talking to your fellow officer uh, about things that kind of bug you. And getting it off your chest so to speak It's probably a process that's been going on for a long time But some of us it works better than others Some of us it's easier to talk to So the point of this training was just kind of to break the ice And uh, you know be human Be human and uh, relate And be able to talk about the, some of those things That get under your skin as an officer And what we see is game wardens Very game warden specific Critical incident training. And I was very happy that I could provide that. And it was great just to sit down with uh, Captain Jen Wolf and Katie and kind of got a feel for Michigan in the totality of it. So, and then we're going to go through and have some of their officers' interviews uh, following this one. I think you'll get a really good feel for Michigan. And again, I really appreciate the hospitality of the Michigan conservation officers up there, So, and that's their official title as conservation officer. We all relate to the title of game warden, no matter where you are in North America, but we all have different names as we cross the great uh, North American span as wildlife law enforcement officers. Enjoy this one? As always, I do. Thank you for listening to Warden's Watch. Share with a friend if you get an opportunity. That's how we we stay alive is by you guys sharing that this is a good podcast and you like to listen to it. And you like to hear the stories from the Game Wardens from around the country and around the world. On this Wardens Watch, we are in Michigan and I am sitting down with Katie Gervasi. Good, I got that. Yes. And, uh, Captain Jen Wolf, who is the second time on my podcast. If everybody remembers when I started, I twisted her arm to be on, uh, the warden's watch to start right, right in there at the beginning. So loving this opportunity because Katie is, well, I think Katie is everything because every time I ask something, it's Katie, it's Katie, it's Katie. Why don't you tell everybody who you are mm-hmm. and what you do? <laughs>
2: My name is Katie Gervasi. I'm the communications representative for the Michigan Department of Natural Resources Law Enforcement Division. So it's my job to work with the Michigan DNR conservation officers and to let everybody know about the great work that they do and how essential it is to the state of Michigan and visitors to Michigan. I wear quite a few hats, but as a communications representative, I'm involved with the public relations, marketing, and... And advertising. So that is anything from when something happens in the field, the officers, they contact me. I work with them to write up a press release, distribute it out to the media, help manage media relations, maintain our web presence. I work with the DNR social media manager to um, maintain a positive officer presence on our social media accounts. Um, and one of the best parts of the job is that I get to do a lot of ride-alongs with the officers so that I can get um, photos and videos to help
3: tell that story.
1: Wow. Everybody needs a Katie, huh, Jen?
3: Yes, we do. That's why yeah. we, That's why we brought her in. Too kind.
1: A... Yeah, because every time I ask you, oh, that, that would be probably Katie. That would be probably Katie. And I'm like, wow. She so, tells our story well. Yeah, and I think it's so essential for every law enforcement division within those types of agencies to have somebody because we we have a lot of story to tell, and to have somebody constantly on that is, is awesome. Because I think the one reason I started this wardens watch podcast, I don't think game wardens do a good enough job of telling their stories, and there's so many stories out there to tell that you know we could go on and on and on. Yeah, so,
3: our you know any officer is very humble, so they just think they're it's absolutely just part of my job. Um, absolutely, Or she can, where see she it can. can from the eyes of outside the law enforcement and how to deliver it right to everyone um, and the advantages of it, right, as well as what we do for the overall conservation. We work with every division within the agency, and, you know, it takes a little piece of all of us, and she's able to articulate that very well as well.
1: Right, and I'm sure the officers appreciate that too because some of us are poor communicators, and to have someone help us write a press release Uh, would be totally awesome because I've written some pretty poor press releases in my day and age.
2: (laughs) Um, No, communication is definitely a skill that Michigan officers are very, very skilled in. Um, They actually say that communication is one of the most important skills of being a conservation officer um, because they need to know how to articulate themselves with the public. When they're handling situations, um, they're probably encountering people who um, are armed with some type of a firearm or, you know, a knife, whatever it is. Um, And those people may not be happy. So the officers do possess excellent communication skills. And one of my preferred ways to work with them in the event of a press release is they usually send me a summary, and and they are very well written. And so I can take that as a first draft. You're so
1: kind. <laughs>
2: and, then, um, <laughs> it, and then I usually call them up um, to ask additional questions to help fill in the blank. But yes, I do want to go back and reiterate how humble all of the officers mm-hmm. are. And it truly is um, building those relationships with everyone in the law enforcement division that keeps me here and is why I love my job, because... It's a team effort and, um, just everyone is essential to keep it going.
1: Right. And that's my problem. These humble game wardens, you know, I'm out there trying to get the, the stories and then I hear this, this, and I have to actually, it's very difficult. And I'm kind of lucky by doing this. I I get a lot, I get a lot further than a lot of other people would try and do this because I was one of them, um, of their podcasters that said, how did you get that game warden to talk to you? And I'm like, I'm one of them. You know, and that's part of it. I understand what they're going through. I understand the cases, and you know, it just to have a, a sportsman interview you, yeah, we do it, but it's just I don't I don't think it has the impact as a, another game warden sitting down and and game warden stories are so essential. The the public loves them. Every other game warden loves them. Um, so some of those highlights in your career to share, I think, is really important. But let's talk about Michigan. I mean, you guys, you're originally from Michigan,
2: yes, born and raised.
1: Okay, and Jen's born and raised too. We got that out in the first podcast too. So you get some pride here too, don't you?
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I can. I can definitely see that. And from the the southern end of Michigan to the northern end of Michigan, very different, huh?
2: It is. Yes, um, Michigan is such a diverse state. From the environment that we have to the people. Um, you know, in southeast Michigan, you have Detroit, which um, on the east side of Detroit, there's the Detroit River, and then Canada's on the other side. Detroit River is really big for fishing. Um, I believe that the spring fish are probably starting to come in right now about mm-hmm. this time of year. And then in the Upper Peninsula, the, you know, going over to the northwest side, you have... Michigan, where it borders, Wisconsin. And, um, you know, there's a lot of jokes about how, like, Wisconsin people, they become Michigan residents or Michigan residents, they become Wisconsin <laughs> residents. Um, but, it, no, it is such a diverse and beautiful state, and we are so blessed to have so many amazing resources and a strong organization to ensure that those resources are preserved for future generations.
1: You're you're such a good communicator. (laughs) All those keywords in there, I'm I'm, I'm like in awe. Uh So with that Upper Peninsula, i always, you know, with the wolves, um, you must be talking a lot about that because that always intrigues me when there's different animals that I haven't dealt with. That's what I'm always like focusing on because it's my interest.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll be the first one to say that um, I'm in the law enforcement division, so I'm not in the wildlife division. So i I don't know but, but as the, much. We deal with the but, wolves
1: too, don't we, the law enforcement yes, division? yes. In, um, in a the, different the, manner.
2: Absolutely. The yeah. law enforcement division deals with everything, everything. anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, in the Upper Peninsula, you do have more of a wolf presence. Um, obviously, there's bears, but there are also bears in the Northern Lower Peninsula. Um, there's also moose. In the Upper Peninsula, so actually as of the past year or so, there's actually been an increase in car moose accidents. Mm. Um, I can't give you any statistics, but if you Google Michigan yep. car moose accidents, you can read a few
3: of those stories.
1: And do officers get involved with a car moose accident, Jen?
3: Yes, we do. Um, we have a priority species list, so our elk and bear and wolf and moose, um, they're all our, our higher priority because they're you know, less prominent and mm-hmm. less established. Um, so that's data that we need as an agency, the Department of Natural Resources as a whole. To
1: and the officer to gathers that from that. the accident? So
3: we're, yeah, very active in the gathering of the information because we'll take the accident, and then we'll report that on to the wildlife biologists. And
1: mm-hmm. um, What happens to the moose?
3: Generally, the moose get donated.
1: <laughs> okay. So
3: that, you know, the, the meat can go to families in need. We. Mm-hmm. Um, we we pride ourselves in our community involvement, and right. that's just one one way not letting that we a,
1: do that. And that a, you know, a resource go to waste too. I mean, exactly. that's that's always mm-hmm. great when you can take that renewable resource and actually use it. So, yep. mm-hmm.
2: We try to work closely with Michigan Sportsmen Against Hunger to mm. um, just ensure that that meat makes it to the table of um, a lot of families who are in need. And if there is not a local Michigan Sportsmen Against Hunger. Um I was I'll say a donor nearby Um, the officers, because they are assigned to um, patrol the county that they live in, Mm -hmm. they have a lot of those close community relationships. And so they might be able to work with a local pastor or another Mm -hmm. local shelter to really ensure that um, the meat goes to good use. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually just wrote an article about this not too long ago, so it's somewhat fresh in my head.
0: Um,
2: But it always goes to someone who is so well-deserving and Um, One of the things that people don't realize too, particularly like when we get, you know, a 300 pound sawn moose, is that um, we may or may not have the time to actually harvest that animal in the field. And so just because you're working on such a short timeline, we often look for people who they know how to um, butcher the animal themselves to safely preserve it for their family.
1: Well, that's excellent. So that gets used. No, nope. but I think it's similar. It similar in New Hampshire, but I always remember the, the old people's home that I uh, brought stuff to. They, it was like, you know, things that brought back their memories from if you brought them a deer, they could remember because a lot of those older people had that generation where you ate wild game. And of course, I got a lot of poaching stories out of that too. Sure. They, they would chuckle and stuff. Uh, and the other thing with the old limit of fish too, I used to bring that. And and there was you know certain cooks will cook that and certain won't. But I'll tell you, the the residents of those uh, they were like tickled pink to get some trout. Um, it's
2: so rewarding, especially. Um, there was one scenario that I heard about where it was a older woman and her husband was an avid fisherman, but he had recently passed, and so she didn't have that fresh fish coming in anymore. Which you know. People People don't realize that that's um, not only is that a financial impact, but fish is really good for you. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a, a healthy nutrient. Right. So, um, some of our officers, they, I think it was an over limit case that they got, and they took it to her, and she was just so thankful. Yeah. She, um, I think she pan fried it for dinner that yeah. night.
1: No, that's that's great. When we can make that kind of impact uh, on people for sure, and with Lake Michigan, Lake Michigan has to impact your department in a a massive way, whether it's the the fish, the boating, whether it's recreational. Whenever I think of Michigan, I think of Lake Michigan. So it's, you know, I don't even think about the other things. I just think about the lake. Uh, I'm not sure if that's normal for a non-resident when they think of Michigan. So how does that impact your natural resources, uh, as well as the enforcement of it?
2: Yeah, I can talk a little bit about the enforcement. Um, So... A group of our officers, they are in the Great Lakes Enforcement Unit, and so they are um, primarily ranked as corporals or above. And it's their job to patrol the Great Lakes and the wholesale and commercial fishing industry. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, they go out on the Great Lakes, they check the nets, they obviously, you know, encounter the um, the commercial fishermen when they're out on the water but then um, the job doesn't stop there. They do a lot of um, research and checking in with the organizations during the off season. So basically like monitoring the business on land.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that sounds like a, sounds like our coast to be honest with you. And that's basically what it is. A large body of water has a ton of fish. You're mm-hmm. commercially fishing and yeah, that, that's a, that's a lot of work and a lot of cold work too. A lot of I, I did a stint on the Great Lakes as a National Park Ranger at the Apostle Islands. And, yeah, probably the most scared I've ever been in my life is 12-foot is seas all by myself and a 25-foot whaler uh, going to pick up some biologists. And when you go into that uh, trough and then you come out of it and you don't see anything until you get to the top and then you're back down. And, yeah, there's, there's some gnarly uh, weather on the Great Lakes uh, that, that 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 I'm sure they have to, to do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Our officers... Um whether they're in the Great Lakes Enforcement Unit, if they are a field conservation officer, um, or if they're in our environmental investigations unit, they work 24-7, um, holidays, nights, weekends, mm. and in all weather conditions.
1: Right. Yeah. And you get all kinds of weather out there. Have you been on mm-hmm. Lake Michigan in Nasty Weather, Jen?
3: Oh, yes. I have. Yeah. Both, uh,
1: personally, personally.
3: <laughs> and, yeah, i'm an, an avid angler and um have enjoyed i haven't been on lake superior a whole lot but any of the other uh three of the great lakes that touch us like Huron, lake erie and lake michigan so we're surrounded by water it's yeah. such a important aspect of any michigander's lifestyle and you know i had grown up in a very Nice area, in fact, where we're visiting today. We mm. talked about it, yeah. A
1: Traverse bit about City that. is gorgeous,
3: yeah. Um, and now you know my home is dead center in the middle of the state, yeah. And uh, you know, I could look at that as a negative or I can look at that as a positive that I'm exactly about an hour and a half from any of the Great Lakes, so it's just very true. what We want to do today, um, but yeah, I mean, we are, we're very unique and we. We have extensive water safety training specifically to that, um, because we spend so much time on or around water, whether it's the inland lakes, the rivers and streams or the Great Lakes. Um, but the Great Lakes bring us in contact with the US Coast Guard. So we work very closely with them. We've done some ice water safety, so we've got extensive training in ice rescues and that sort of thing. Um, but it's just such a resource to the communities that we serve. On the lakeshore because we're able to actively get out on the big water and have the skills to do so. So we'll partner with the Coast Guard. They'll bring in the chopper. We'll be out on the smaller vessel, um, both trying to, you know, save some victims. And that generally does end in saves. And that's our goal is to make sure everybody gets home safely, the victim and our officers.
1: Right. No, very, very cool. So, but... You have the training unit um, that's under your command, right?
3: Yes. And
1: you have, like, several stages of marine training. And one's like the basic for the person that never ran the boat before or backed the boat up. And then you have advanced training, too, that that moves them up into And I just kind of want to touch on that advanced training because I think everybody can figure out operating the boat and backing it up and the safe operation. But the advanced training, I'm kind of inquisitive on what is taught in the advanced uh, boat training.
3: Oh, sure. Well, I'm not... Uh, intimately familiar I bet Katie with. Is. with the- <laughs> I haven't been to that training She's yet. Oh, no. It's on my list though. to get yeah. there, yeah. I excited for it. Yeah, I have uh, heard of talks about it because we've had um Ontario and I believe another Canadian province reach out to us specifically wanting to employ that same training in their um country, which mm. is really cool, you know. Yeah. It's that interstate partnership and we're all on the same waters doing the same job. But, yeah, there's a series of courses that we set up as far as maneuverability. We're operating larger vessels because Great Lakes, Mm -hmm. you know.
1: uh, What's your biggest vessel on the lake?
3: I think it's a 40-footer.
1: Yeah, so very close to what the Coast Guard, I'm sure, uses out there too.
2: Absolutely. We are equipped with all of the same um, pieces of equipment, whether Mm -hmm. it's a Great Lakes vessel um if it's a shorter safe boat or if it's more of like a traditional speed boat we have jet skis um everything from dirt bikes to off road vehicle like four wheelers side by sides snowmobiles patrol trucks mm. um the jet skis
1: is really interesting i was listening to an officer talk about checking people that were on a guiding fishing trip and be able to sneak right up in between the lines and be able to check fishermen without you know making them stop or anything why they had their lines out which i thought was kind of a neat thing to sneak up in between there because you have the maneuverability you have the small vessel if i can say vessel for mm-hmm. a jet ski but uh, it sounded like a really cool tool mm-hmm. that i, I know we didn't, util- we didn't utilize our marine patrol has jet skis so but they never let me borrow my ass a couple times mm-hmm. and they were like no way wayne are we gonna let you get on those things so
3: yeah uh, Yeah, we give them all the tools that we can. I mean, I think the only thing we don't have as far as a a water conveyance would be a stand-up paddleboard. I haven't seen that. (laughs) I haven't seen that, but Uh, I do know (laughs) a lot of officers.
2: They have uh, kayaks and canoes. They just keep them on the back of their truck because they never know when they're going to need it.
1: Right, right, for sure. So can you think of something unique about Michigan that maybe uh, is just unique to Michigan?
2: I'm a water baby, uh, born and raised on the water. I favor Lake Michigan. Um, my family, were fortunate to have a cottage over on that side of the state. So I'll just promote the fresh water. You know, mm. everyone talks about the ocean and how great it is. Well, in the Great Lakes, you can open your eyes underwater. <laughs> I mean, I, you can do that in any body of water, right? But it's not going to sting you right. like it does um, the seawater. So, it, you know, Michigan, just the fact that we do have those lakes, it's so amazing. And, you know, a lot of people really Downplay the winter and the seasons. Mm -hmm. But me personally, like by September, I'm ready for winter. Mm -hmm. I want the snow. And when it's winter in Michigan, like I'd like a couple of feet of snow so we can go outside. You know, I can take the kids sledding, um, tubing, uh, winter tubing. So there's just so much to do. Like ice fishing is so popular in Michigan too. So the Great Lakes, the seasons, there's always something to do. It's just such a beautiful state. And I mean, here we are in Northern Michigan today. Um, the trees are budding, you know, there's not full foliage yet and it's just still so beautiful looking Mm. out across the rolling Hills, um, and seeing the different layers of color that's starting to come out.
1: I love the passion that you have in your voice, Katie. It's just, you you could tell born and bred here and love every bit of it for sure. And I, when she talks about the water, last night we right. went out to Lake Michigan, right? Yeah, we were in uh,
3: And I was like Elk in Lake shock
1: and, that you yeah. can like see the bottom and how clear the water was. I just, I guess I didn't ever comprehend that, that how clear it was. I mean, we were looking down 12 feet.
3: Yeah, yeah. And well, clear as a bell. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was
1: shocked. I, and when I think of the Great Lakes or anything, big body i think dirty and you know it's been around forever Everybody's dumping things in there forever and you know nothing when you want to deal with you don't eat the fish and so and i think that's changed hasn't it
2: yeah um i, I mean i'll definitely say or that was not, it
1: ever I, that way and i just had a perception that i shouldn't I, have
2: i don't think it was ever that way i mean obviously there's different bodies of water all over the state mm. some areas you know the water's better than others um I'll definitely say that you can't see 12 feet, you know, crystal blue to the bottom of every lake. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not aware of severe
1: issues
3: anywhere. I mean, I think, you know, back in the days when you had mining industry, and it was Right, wasn't logging is what, yeah. it, it's mills
1: just, and everything yeah. else, and that's, you know, yeah. when we're, we're dealing with that. But still, I like, can't see the bottom of my lakes like that, except for maybe one newfound is uh, the clearest lake in the in the state for us. But yeah. that's what I thought there. And I'm like, this is just, for me, I thought it was unusual. You thought it was normal, huh?
3: Well, that's what I grew up around. But, yeah, the, yeah. And many of the lakes in the, you know, northwest lower peninsula where we're at today, I mean, I think you must have said five times like night man i can't believe how clear this was I, I did I It's just it's turquoise crystal clear um and it is just beautiful and that's where you know you get out on a a, a boat and i love stand up paddle boarding just for that because you can be up there I can see a stand
1: up paddle board in the future of the DNR i'm sure it's <laughs> a, yeah will
3: be me out on it right <laughs> like what's what's captain doing today?
1: <laughs> she's patrolling um, i'll test it i'll yeah.
3: test it for them i'm willing but uh, just the sheer diversity mm. that we have in the state as a whole i mean you're from a midwest state as well so you go through the seasons i'm from the so northeast i'm not a midwest I mean, north, yeah. oh that's
1: true <laughs> i guess i can't say that to- totally different <laughs> no but every time but i go you- around here it's like oh, what's the terrain i'm like yeah this is pretty flat for me so right. <laughs>
3: yeah you have a little bit mountainous but we do have mountains we have the porcupine mountains to the far west side of the upper peninsula um, yes, we're not as, uh, that's you know, great on
1: a search and rescue mission. Believe me. Yes. You know. <laughs> I, uh,
3: having visited your neck of the woods in yeah. New Hampshire, um, that's a little daunting to me to think that you've got to.
1: Daunting trudge, to me. <laughs> trudge
3: through that. I mean, just extremes, the most extreme weather on Ooh. White Mountain to do those rescues. So yeah, a little bit different there, which is. Also a benefit, we we don't have a lot of hurricanes and we don't mm-hmm. have, you know, some severe weather impacts. I mean, we still get a few tornadoes here and there, but it's not what some of the further west states have right. to deal with. We don't have a lot of, you know, animals that will kill you.
1: You know, not, is yet.
0: In, not yet. Not yet, there are
3: in other states. You we know, don't have a lot of venomous you know, Yeah, the cold works insects, with that. The
1: snakes don't like the cold.
3: <laughs> which, you know, makes it a great job. It makes it a great place to visit, to live. But as a conservation officer, it makes it a lot of fun because yeah. you never get bored. As soon as you're getting tired of being out on the water and checking boats and trying to, you know, make arrests on drunks who are out there causing hazards it starts to cool off and the fall colors come out and mm. it's a whole new world and that's just the way it is every year and I tell you what 25 years will fly by. Yeah, yeah.
1: no doubt about that no doubt about that. Well thank you guys for joining me and uh, we're going to kind of kick off hopefully a, a little series here in Michigan and you know start with this then go into the history and then hear some stories from uh, some Michigan conservation officers and uh, I'm excited about it and very happy to be here and visited. And, uh, you know, Katie, I love your passion for your job and uh, what you do. And and I really think it's a great position that every uh, law enforcement division in a DNR or a fishing game should have. People like you can help tell our story.
2: Yes, it's so important, especially in law enforcement these days, because um, unfortunately, you hear about so many negative things. But it's it, you know, there's so much more positive that happens. You know, media, they might hear about the story and, um, it's an important story that they're telling, but it might be all you hear about for the next few days. Mm. Whereas you think about all the other officers who are out there and the everyday good work that they're doing. And, um, you know, it can be challenging in my position because, as we talked about earlier, they are so humble and, you know, they save a person. I, I may not hear about it for like a week later because they just are like, I'm doing my job every day. And as a mother, I'm like, no, you just, you saved someone, a child. Like this is really important. People mm, need to know about the good exactly. work that you're doing. So it, yeah, it, it, there's stories that happen all the time. And, um, hopefully the more stories that we can tell, the more people will see all the positive that law enforcement does every day
1: no thank you both for joining me and you represent your state extremely well thank Thank you. you please join me game warden wayne saunders and other game wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife saving lives and having fun all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experience of those is Warden's Watch.